I catch myself in that moment and I go, stop trying to figure it out, see what happens. And it is amazing how often in those seemingly wasteful moments, you see something spectacular. Welcome back to the Live Into Your Brilliance podcast. Uh, this is the first recording of 2024 with myself and my brother in arms, Mr. Mark Billows Bilby. Happy New Year, brother. Good to be back in the saddle recording with you once again. Hello, my friend. Happy New Year to you and uh, your beautiful family. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for what... Uh, 2024 might bring and I'm I'm very excited about some of the guests that we've got uh, got lined up already so um, I think it's going to be a cracker yeah absolutely who knows what it will all look like 12 months from now well today we've got another question for us to explore from uh, one of our listeners friend of the show Mr. Alan Carson um, CEO of Cloudsmith um, very cool company based out of Belfast in Northern Ireland. Um, and his question is this, what is the opportunity cost of the choices we make in terms of how we live our lives? It can often seem like there is a price to pay for our choices. And how should we, or how could we deal with that or consider that in a way that, um, you know, I guess allows us to be most productive, gives us most peace of mind, etc. He would love to know what our perspectives are on this and and what emerges in, through our discussions and explorations. Wow, that's a juicy one. Um, so yeah, I guess uh, first off, thanks, Alan, uh, for a for a great question. What is the opportunity cost of our choices? I mean. I think you and I both share the philosophy or the idea or belief that the opportunity cost of choosing to do something here and now is everything else. And we I mean we can get into that in a in a bit. But I'm going to go down a road here and I don't know if this is going to get me stuck in in the mire but my insight and, and initial reaction to that question is there's only an opportunity cost in so much as we create an illusion of missing out on something else and what I mean by that is, I think as as we go through life and we accumulate our experiences and we accumulate our beliefs and we accumulate our attachments, we we then see those as the justification in some instances, but also the the primary kind of driving force behind the choices we make. And we get so attached to our thinking about certain things and particularly our beliefs and how we should be spending our time and 
what's a valuable use of our time and who should we be engaged with and what activities should we be engaged in that we don't allow ourselves to stop trying to figure it out, surrender to the moment and, and be in the moment, be present with whatever it is that we're engaged with, which by the way, whatever we're engaged with is kind of of our own making. It's, it's a choice we've made at some point, whether we, our beliefs and our, and our conditioning allows us to believe that that's the right choice or the wrong choice, that that's not really what's at question here. We, we're, we're in the moment, we've created that reality, yet while we're in that reality, we sometimes are plagued by the noise in our head that says, is this the best way for me to spend my time? What's the opportunity cost of me doing this versus what I ought to be doing or think I should be doing or others expect me to be doing or what I think others expect me to be doing. Um, and so the, what, I'm, what, I, what I want to explore a little bit is, is this just an illusion that we pander to and it becomes something that plagues us and worries us and and creates a noise in our head when actually the more we learn to operate from our wisdom the more we can enjoy being in the moment and doing whatever it is we're doing whether it's difficult stuff or very enjoyable stuff doesn't matter we're doing what we're doing and that then allows us to be in flow fully present having lots of fun um in in the in the broader sense of the word and uh and not think about what we could be doing or should be doing because it goes back to the whole could have, should have, would have, you know, um, paradigm as well, which is, which is, I think, where a lot of us get stuck when we're, we're like, oh, damn it, you know, if, if only I had done this and not spent my time doing that, then I'd be so much better off. And, and the, answer, the truth is, that's absolute nonsense. You don't know that for a fact. That's an illusion. And, and the more you learn to be present and engage with the only thing that is real, which is the here and the now, then you see that the opportunity cost of not doing something else is merely an illusion. I don't know, that's a long kind of ramble, but, but that, that's what came up for me immediately. That was a good ramble. I, I really enjoyed that. I am... Um... It made me think two things. Either the price that we pay is everything else, which is something you alluded to at the beginning, or there is no price to pay unless we think there is a price to pay. So what I think you've really beautifully done there is you have highlighted this whole thing is an illusion. 
Like, what's the price? Like, the very, and I'm not saying that Alan's question, but it, the question of, like, what are we missing out on? Or what are those alternatives? It's like, there, there's, there, is no, there is no alternative. There is nothing there that exists outside of what you're doing in this moment. But I just think about, you know, that movie Sliding Doors or with, I think it's Gwyneth Paltrow, or then you've got like the Avengers and it's like the multiverse and then this universe, like we're doing this. And in this other universe, it's like this. And, and you know, we love the idea of sliding doors. Like it's very compelling. It's very alluring. Um, and we enjoy it in a movie context because it's like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like they could have been doing that, but they're doing this. And it's just a problem that when we actually think real life works, that there is such a thing. And like, listen, maybe there is a multiverse. I don't know. That's far beyond my pay grade. But it, it, I think the bit that you got towards there is like the only way that this can be taxing is if you fall into getting overly enamored with the idea that there was another possibility, you know, or that like you're playing out of potential futures that like one was available over the other. Because I think when we're even, I think I imagine within this question is, is a situation where people get hung up on because they're living their life. They're just going from moment to moment. Like most of us operate in our life and we're in perfect flow for the vast majority of the time. And then we trip ourselves up on a moment or a decision that suddenly feels bigger in our minds for whatever reason. And we can often then start to fabricate scenarios. Well, if I do this, it could look like this. And if I do that, it could look like that. And if I do the other, it could look in another way. And, and, and but maybe if I said that they might react this way, but if I don't say that, and, and, and actually as we're doing that, we think that those are also real so that the price we're paying is those potential scenarios that we've built up in our heads. Whereas they are also bullshit. It's like, you know, when you're in any given moment, yeah, there might be data points to weigh up. So you can be like, oh, what's the data points I have? And then to your point, you come back to your wisdom and you make your, you just make your choice and it will play out how it plays out. But I think it's important to remember that any future that we have fabricated, like you haven't lost out on any of those things. They never existed. They were just ideas in your mind and it can look, ah, oh, damn, if I had done that other thing, then that other thing that I made up would have happened. It's like, no, because that was just made up. And I often say to people as one of my, you know, it's like you're cycling down the road and you come to a, a, a junction, you come to a, a Y, a fork in the road. And imagine you're on your bicycle and you take the right hand turn in a mile of the road, you get a puncture and you think, damn, I should have gone left. Because in our the trickery of the mind is that the left-hand path was smooth sailing and no puncture. Because we never tell our story of like, thank goodness for this puncture, because if I'd taken the left-hand path, I got run over by an articulated lorry a, a mile down the road. Like, we just don't know. Or what if, like, you know, again, just playing with this idea, you know, the puncture in your bike, you know, because we make a decision, we make a choice, 
life happens how it happens. And it, it looks like the choice we have made has led to an outcome or a next part of our life that we would prefer didn't happen. But that again assumes that we know how the universe is actually operating in service of us. So, you know, how do we know that that puncture is not the perfect unfolding that means we don't get to the place we're going to until exactly the right moment so that we meet with the person or the next thing. It's kind of, I think it's, for me, it's letting go of the idea that there's a price to be paid and accepting in the opportunity that there is no price because whatever choice you ever make, it's always the perfect choice, even if it doesn't seem to be that way because you can't quite comprehend in the moment how everything is unfolding exactly as it's meant to. But the acceptance of that, I think, can be a beautiful thing. No, but I think that's it's that's a great response. And I think what you're pointing to there is 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 really, you know, strikes at the heart of this question is we just don't know. And the scenarios we dream up around what could have been or what might be are mere illusions, to your point. I mean, you know, there is only ever the present. There is only the here and the now. And, you know, I, I, I would imagine if Alan's sitting there listening to this, he's like, yeah, yeah, okay, that's great, guys. Wonderful. But you know, I'm building a business or I'm, you know, whatever his mission is, whatever his purpose is. And he's like, but if I'm building my business, um, I, I'm choosing to spend my time. Um, you know, I've got, I've got a great compass, but I've got a finite amount of time. So I'm choosing to spend my time in this optimized way. So I want to, I want to make sure that like, you know, if, if I'm, I'm going to have a meeting. It's going to be a, a highly valuable meeting with the right person, and, and you know, and and so we start to attach sort of value and and meaning, and and we weave in our identity, and we and we start to sort of put this hodgepodge of 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 sense around uh, and weight around how we spend our time, which is you know, which is which is perfectly human I think um, to do that but I think that because Alan has a very acute sense of purpose in terms of what he's trying to build and where he's trying to get to that underlying compass is driving him in that direction anyway and so the hard thing the hard thing, and I think you and I have kind of discovered this uh, for, for, as, as we've kind of tripped our way through life, is letting go. It's it's the it's the not trying to figure it out. You know, it's like Mavis's infinite wisdom. Like this is like if Mavis, if we had to like distill Mavis's Yoda wisdom into like one sentence, it would be stop trying to figure it out. Because the moment you stop trying to figure it out, you stop trying to ascribe meaning, attachment, belief, dogma, accumulation to 
anything. You simply delight in what is. And when you delight in what is in the moment, even if you think it's a complete waste of your time, then you see what you're meant to see. And and this has happened to me like so many times. Like I, I you know, I, I I get invited to meetings to 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 explore um, you know, investments in companies or um uh talk to teams about the evolution of the team and the health of the team. And sometimes there's a voice in my head that says, Billows, this is a complete waste of time, mate. Like, don't do this. Like, there's a better way for you to spend your time. And then I instantly go, I catch myself in that moment and I go, stop trying to figure it out. Just like, this is in your path. This is happening. See what happens. And it is amazing how often in those seemingly wasteful moments, you see something spectacular. And you, or somebody points to something, or somebody makes an introduction to somebody, and you're like, ah, okay. So that's what following your wisdom actually looks like and feels like. And so you go from having a meeting with somebody who you think is a complete, complete waste of your time. And because you force yourself to be present, you engage with them in a way and suddenly it leads to something else. And who knows, it might have zero benefit to you or it may have incredible benefit to you. It doesn't matter, but you see what you're meant to see. And then you, and then from that, some goodness flows, like some some insight flows. And I think that's the magic. And and that gets lost. Like if you spend your time obsessing about the opportunity cost of 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 taking that meeting and what could have been, you you lose that you lose access to that magic. Yeah. Well and you know there's something in there like a simple illusion that I think emerged in what you were saying or at least it did for me. You know that little voice inside your head. It's just, it's just. It, you said a couple of things about time. You know, ah, oh, the little voice inside our head appears, going, "There, there's probably a better way for me to you to spend this time." It's amazing how often there's actually not even an alternative in those moments. Like that very thought is just an illusion. When it's like, you know, the meeting comes into your diary, for example, and or request. Like maybe there's a better way for me to spend my time, but there isn't actually an alternative choice. It's just we're starting to evaluate something that's shown up in our world. And I just think there's a simple way sometimes of going, oh, like I don't even have an alternative way to spend my time. Like I, I had no plan for this time. Something has shown up and I'm evaluating whether it's good or bad. And it's like just catching those moments to go, just don't evaluate stuff that shows up and presents itself, just be like, oh, that's like, again, to, to draw on the wisdom from one of our other guests, you know, Christy Halverson, when she was on, I was like, oh, turns out that's what I'm doing today because if something shows up. And I just want to hold that as a distinction to when you've got an actual choice. So when there's like a, two things that show up in uh, 
at the same time, you know, whatever that looks like. And it's like, oh, well, I can go the right path or I can go the left path. And then it's like, go whichever one feels right for you to go. And then just like, let the other one go. So sometimes there is no viable alternative. So I, I kind of want to just draw a line under that. I just want to kind of that distinction of like watching out for the illusion that there is an alternative when that's, there's just the idea of an alternative. But if we have to go looking for one, there is no alternative versus when you're in the position of a choice. Um, but I did want to kind of take us down a slightly different route as well and see what you think about this. And it is something that I, I think the story we make up about the price we pay for our choices is, <clears throat> will people always like them? Will they always work out well? Like, I think these are things that, these are levies that we put onto our choices. I think we create levies, likability, um, success, um, happiness, um, you know, whatever else you could add a few. I think we, we put these levies on our choices. And I, I don't, I don't think that serves us. And it maybe is talking to the thing that you mentioned at the beginning, but I think we weigh up and we're like, so the price I'm going to pay for this choice is that someone might not like it or they might not like me. And I just think I would bring that back to, that's not the price of your choice. That's just the way human beings work is there's 8 billion of us on this planet and we all have unique perspectives on everything. So people won't necessarily ever see the same thing. Well, people can't ever see the same thing. So the chances that, you know, any of us can do anything at any time that would just remarkably meet with the approval of the eight other billion people on this planet is not on offer. The chances that we can make that every choice is going to lead to sunshines and rainbows and just this, that's not on offer. Um, the chances that every choice we make will have like an amazingly successful outcome. That's not on offer. So we don't have to put that levy onto our choices, but I think when we put that levy onto it, it makes our choices feel heavy. It makes it feel like there is a price to be paid. And I do think the question of like, what's actually on offer with our choice and what's not on offer I would simplify it down to what's on offer is the next step. That's what's on offer. It's just the next step. Well, the the, the thought that came into my head, and and uh, you know, I don't know Alan. I haven't met him, and and hopefully one day I will. But but the the thought that popped into my head around this is, it sounds like. There's, there's a world where you're living in judgment, judgment of yourself and the choices you're making and the, the supposed opportunity costs that, that you know, you, you've, you've foregone because um, you, you've elected to spend your time a certain way. 
and there's you know and the, and that judgment extends to others judging you and and the the perception of you, you know how you'll be how you'll be perceived and the identity you ascribe to to that and the meaning of that that's 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 the one side and then the other side is pure curiosity and i wonder if rather than sitting there sort of as the as as the arbiter of of how to spend your time and 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 balance that with perception or judgment or a, a, a sense of meaning for self rather than spending the time doing that and you just spent the time showing up as being curious and saying hey i i don't actually know why this particular event is in my diary or I don't know why I've taken this meeting or I can't remember what the context is for this but but I'm going with it and I'm going with it and I'm going to be curious about it because something there's something here that I'm going to see and and that makes it really fun that makes it really engaging even hard things um you know we find ourselves in tough situations sometimes stressful situations we're feeling a little overwhelmed but it's very powerful to step back from that and go oh let me observe this let me be curious about what's going on here because something magical could come out of this and i find that very very reassuring and powerful in my own life because i do i i get i i sometimes do exactly i'm sure what alan does is I sit there and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, you're such an idiot. We're like, why have you done this to yourself again? And then I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Take a step back. Okay. I'm observing Billows doing it again. It's quite funny. And let's see where it goes. Let's be curious about this. So I, I would love, it would, it'd, be, it'd be wonderful to actually have Alan as a guest one day because I'd love to ask him and say, hey, Alan, if in that moment when you were sort of contemplating the opportunity cost of of taking this meeting or doing this thing, what if in that moment you let go of that narrative, you let go of the sense of judgment and the, the weighing of the scales and you went all in on curiosity? How would that feel? What would you see then? Well, we shall have to get him on as a guest because I don't know how he would answer that question. <laughs> but I love, so be curious. Like again, just pointing to the practice. It's be curious versus judgmental and see, see what's on offer versus weighing the scales. I just love that term of phrase. The other thing that came to mind is like when you were talking, it sounded like being kind to yourself. You know, like, it's fine. Like, we all do this. It's not unique to you or to Alan or me. Like, we all do this. Like, this is, this is humanity at its finest. Like, we are creative beings with an infinite capacity to create illusion after illusion, reality after reality. So, so therefore, it's totally normal that every now and again we're going to get ourselves into a twist about the choices that we we think we're making or not making. And when we observe ourselves doing that, we can just 
we don't have to give ourselves shit about it. We can be kind to ourselves and be like, oh, damn, look at what I'm doing. I don't have to do this. Let me just get back to the present. What's right in front of my nose? Okay, like I'm going to get curious about this moment here and now. And there is something, I guess, if someone said, oh, what's another practice? Like the practice of that I think allows, at least for me, allows more peace of mind is that the only, and it's going to sound so counterintuitive, the only thing I really have to consider is what feels right to me in the moment. You know, I don't have to make it my job to worry about anybody else or everything else. It's like, what feels right to me is the direction of travel that I move in as best I can. Because whenever I get up into my head about trying to evaluate like how this is going to work out for others and, and I'm, I'm off track because my wisdom is just designed for me and Alan's wisdom is designed for him and your wisdom works for you. And, you know, everything we care about exists inside of us. Like our entire universe exists in our awareness. So whatever we care about and whatever we're interested in, that is the direction that our wisdom is always guiding us to walk in. And I, th- I take great comfort in knowing that. And it's like the metaphor of the ocean. You know, when you know you are the ocean, you kind of give up on the job of being a boat mechanic. You don't try and kind of jump into everyone else's boat and have a fiddle with their engine. You're like, oh, I'm the ocean and you're sailing in my waters. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think you can, you can use that expression. Which, what, having a fiddle it's, with their engine? That's not right. <laughs> it just sounded so good. <laughs> jump into their boat and fiddle with their engine. It's like, oh, yeah, I, don't, I don't think you can do that. Uh, well, I don't think you I can do. say that. <laughs> no, but it's true. I mean, it it is it is very. Uh, I one hundred percent agree with you, and and I th- and you and I talk about this all the time. I mean, it is funny, um, when you you commit to something or you you know you say yes because you feel like you have to because the whole judgment thing comes in and it's this kind of weird dynamic sometimes where we just don't allow ourselves to listen to the inner wisdom and we 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 the noise in our head makes us do certain things and then and then we're like oh my gosh like why did i commit to that because this other thing has come up and it's that's really what i would love to be doing and or that's who i'd love to be spending my time with and then the you can obsess about that and you can drive yourself mad and you can beat yourself up and judge yourself and berate yourself and feel lousy and have sleepless nights. Or you can go, uh, I'm just going to surrender this. I'm just going to stop trying to figure it out. And then it's amazing how often something happens and the person goes, Hey, sorry, I can't make the meeting or I can't do this. So I can't, attend that event and then it allows you to go and do the thing that in your wisdom you knew you wanted to do and and wished you could do anyway 
because you kind of put it out there. And to your point, you are the ocean and the ocean just keeps rolling. And it takes all the little, it sweeps all the barnacles away. And it, it, you know, it, it is, it is just that simple. And, and it's, it's amazing how often that happens. And so I think the opportunity or what's on offer for all of us uh, is to, to let go of this idea that we could be doing something more valuable with our time. We could, you know, we, we, we could be more judicious with X, Y, and Z and who we hang out with. And, and so, so that there's, you know, let go of this idea that there's this optimized formula for how we, how we spend time and allocate our time and, and our resource. And we sit back into that lazy boy of our consciousness more and we go, I know what I'm about. I know what I want to put into the world fundamentally. And I'm going to go on this journey and I am going to be the ocean. And there's going to be weird and wonderful things that get in my way. And rather than trying to avoid them, I'm going to engulf them and I'm going to look at them deeply and curiously. And then I'm going to move on with that added knowledge, that added wisdom. And I think that is, that is the exciting thing that is on offer. And, it's, and it sounds so weird when you say it. It's like, why would, you, why would you spend your time with somebody who you fundamentally believe is a complete waste of your time? Or why would you engage in activity that is seemingly counterintuitive to what you're actually trying to achieve? But if you've already surrendered and you're open to it and you stop trying to figure it out, you're there for a reason and then you will see what you are meant to see. And it will be, in some instances, profound and in some instances it will be comical and in some instances, you'll be like, oh, yeah, actually, you know what? That was a complete waste of my time. But now I see what I, I should not be doing. And that's okay. Like, I've got that. That's in my library now. So now I'm going to keep rolling. It uh, reminded me, I think I first heard this story on a call with Michael Neal. And he, uh, he tells a story about the, the president and the prime minister having a meeting together. And um, in the middle of the conversation, one of the prime minister's aides comes rushing in and it's like, Mr. Prime Minister, we, we really need you because this situation and the prime minister just looks up and says, James, remember rule number six. And James smiles and goes, oh, thank you, Mr. Prime Minister. I'm so sorry. I'll let you get back to your meeting and goes out the door. And the prime minister and the president go back to work. And 10 minutes later, someone else comes through the door and this lady's like, Mr. Prime Minister, I'm so sorry to interrupt, but we have a situation and we, we really need you to cut in. And he goes, Susie, remember rule number six. And Susie smiles and goes, oh, thank you, Mr. Prime Minister. I'm so sorry for disturbing. She goes back out the door. Anyway, the Prime Minister and the President wrap up, but as they're just leaving, the President turns around and says, I just have to ask you one thing. What's rule number six? And the Prime Minister just smiled and went, don't, t don't 
don't remember to not take things too seriously. And your story just reminded me, as you were talking, I was thinking, it's called a game of life for a reason. I was like, remember rule number six, don't take things too seriously. You know, nothing's probably as big a deal as we think it is. You know, the person or the meeting or the moment, it's like, what are you going to think about this in 10 minutes? What are you going to think about this in 10 days, in 10 weeks, 10 months, 10 years? Most of it, we won't even remember. Like, it's, there are just moments and times that we're blowing out of proportion more often than not and taking far too seriously. And in the grand scheme of the mosaic that is our life, it's really not something to get too caught up about more often than not. And it's actually quite liberating when you when you don't spend your time trying to figure that stuff out, when you don't spend your time trying to weigh the scales. Because the energy that you expend entertaining the noise in your head, trying to determine what the optimal way to spend time and 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 effort in far outweighs the progress and the insight and the steps you can take along that lightning path if you stop trying to figure it out and you stay curious about what's happening here and now because the the noise and the shadow of the illusion can sometimes become so great that it it almost renders us inert and it and you kind of you you're almost sitting still because you're you're obsessing about what could have been or or what was and what might have been had you done it differently whereas when you give it all up, you stop trying to figure it out, you're so present and the and because of your profound sense of purpose and, and your profound sense of direction, you're 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 almost well you are, you're shaping you're shaping the the now through your curiosity and your engagement and you're accelerating down that lightning path in a way that is unimaginable if you were being rendered silent and inert by this this loud voice of judgment and attachment and belief and 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 dogma that that you know i think is crippling to some people you know and and it's wonderful to see when people go ah and somebody sent me a text the other day. I went and had lunch with a friend and and you know he he was sort of in his in his head about some stuff and I said to him what what would happen if you just stopped trying to figure it out and you just trusted your wisdom and you just put one foot in front of the other and delighted in that moment, knowing that you have a profound sense of purpose and that you 
directionally you're traveling the way you want to travel. And he sent me a text a couple of days later and he just said, holy smokes, like that has blown the doors wide open on the art of possibility. You know, it's like, he's like, it's, it's, it's been so powerful to just let it go because I think it was so exhausting standing in judgment of every decision made, every analyzing, every move to the point that, you know, you, you, you're just, you're just weighing one thing against the other. And that is exhausting. <laughs> I mean, I'm exhausted talking about it. And then to be able to, to be able to just like let it go and go, uh, it, it's meaningless. It's an illusion. It's meaningless. So let me just be curious about what's in front of me right now and trust that I'm traveling in the right direction because of my innate brilliance and wisdom. Um, that, that feels like a far lighter journey that allows you to travel at significantly higher speeds. Well, I think you have beautifully articulated the choice in your conversation with your friend and what you just said now. There's a choice. Live in the now and like stop trying to figure it out one step at a time and trust that the path you're on is the path you're meant to be on and how you articulate that was beautifully. Or the illusion of like weighing things up and the exhaustion of jumping from um, imagined realities from one imagined reality to another. Like that's the choice. And we can, we can, we're, we are all have the capacity for both. But when we recognize ourselves weighing things up, it's like what you said to your friend, what, what would be the possibility in stopping doing that and just living your life moment by moment? It's like, fuck, that's where possibility lives. And so there's the choice. And it is a choice, the choice of letting go. You know, if we clench our hands, like holding on is what takes the energy. That's where the exhaustion comes from. Letting go happens in a blink of an eye. It's like, fuck that. I'm just not doing that anymore. What's right here right now and what's right here right now is in, invariably very simple, you know? Like the now is simple, uncomplicated. More often, it is. I just think that's true. So anyway, I just think you articulate the choice. And I, I, why I always think I still remember, and again, I still remember the day Mavis Khan said to me, Al, Alan, it's a choice. Within your awareness lies choice. And I thought, oh. So, brother, that, um, we could probably talk with this one for ages. Feels like a really rich discussion to kick off our year of recordings. But um, in our now somewhat extended tradition, um, what would be your bumper sticker for life off the back of today's discussion? Uh, it's got to be, be curious, not judgy. Nice. Cool, man. Well, look, um, first of all, 
big thank you to Alan Carson for a great question. That uh, it's been really fun to discuss, and I hope Alan that you and everyone else listening has um, had some form of insight listening to this conversation. I know that I have. Um, Billows, any final words from your side before we wrap up? No, I thank you, Alan, for an awesome question. You you definitely got the grey matter going, um, and uh, it was a great way to kick off 2024. And I, I think it also reminds me that you know I I have to remain curious in the moments, even the moments where I can't quite fathom why I'm there or why I'm spending my time doing it. Um, being curious allows me it brings me to the present and then I see what I'm meant to see so uh, I think it was yeah it was a great exploration cool well with that thank you to everyone who's um, tuned in um, as always we really appreciate these questions because they form rich discussions so we would just like to reiterate our invitation to share questions with us uh, whether it's whatsapp email on any of our social media platforms. We would love to hear from you. We'll be putting out some more invites for these questions, but um, uh, the the invitation is always there and we'd love to hear from you. Um, but for now, um, have an amazing week. Continue to live into your brilliance and we look forward to being with you again in a few days time. Thank you for joining us on this enlightening journey unraveling the innate brilliance within every human being. We hope today's episode has sparked new thoughts and inspired fresh perspectives. Remember, the power to shatter illusions and unleash your true potential lies within you. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite platform. If you'd like more insights and daily doses of inspiration, you can follow me on Instagram at Coaching. Or you can connect with myself and Mark on LinkedIn, uh, where we will share articles and perspectives about unlocking your innate brilliance. Remember, you are capable of extraordinary things. Keep believing, keep exploring, and keep shining brightly. Take care and stay brilliant.